0: Check this out.
1: Weekend Warrior is on the air
2: from the epicenter of sports in the Southland.
1: ESPN LA 777 7, 7,
2: with Dr. Robert Clapper, board certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedar Sinai Health
0: Associates. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. No, it ain't raining. But those are the riders on the storm. Not in the storm, but on the storm. Jim Morrison and the Doors. What a genius idea to use as a sound effect the thunder and the rain itself. It's like having another member in the band playing an instrument, isn't it? What a genius idea. But well, where else in my lifetime have I heard the rain used as a musical instrument? Well, I heard it in this song by the Cascades from 1964. That's right. That's a, that's a thunderstorm. And here's the pitter-patter of the rain. And the name of the song is the rhythm of the But here he says, telling me, the rain is telling me. Who knew rain could talk? How do you even come up with an idea? Who came up with this idea? Recognizing that there's a personality to moving water. Well, his name is John Gummo. And I want you to hear from the man himself how this came about. Truly a one-hit wonder. It was only the second song he ever recorded, never realizing that he would actually change the world forever. But it's not like he started out being a musician, singing songs, writing songs. That's not the case for this man. But he was so inspired by hearing the rain one day, out at sea, in the Navy. It's just like what Billy Joel said, remember a few weeks ago? Music, he didn't find music. Music found him. That's, that's what I think about when I listen to this interview, about a man who really put into words this feeling, today's topic of the rhythm of water. Here he is, John Gummo.
1: So I went to San Diego, and I uh, went aboard a ship called the USS Jason. While I was aboard the ship... What kind of a ship was it? It was a repair ship. It was an auxiliary repair, AR. It was uh, USS Jason AR-8 is what it was. And uh, they have their own, uh, their own group on, uh, on the Internet. But uh, I checked aboard the ship, and uh, I immediately found out that there was a shipboard band called the Silver Strands. And they, when we were out at sea, they oftentimes would go to uh,
0: the rear part of the, uh, the poop deck <laughs> and, uh, and do concerts back there. What year is this? You're not going to believe it. 1959, 1960. We're going way back.
1: And I was always there. I was always a big fan of music, and I always used to sing a lot when I was in high school. Roughly what year are we talking? We're talking 1959, 1960,
2: and uh, we used to rotate. So is t- still president. This is back in the uh, Eisenhower era. Yeah, I guess he was. He didn't leave office until Kennedy took took office in January of 61, so right. this is back at the end of the Eisenhower era.
1: Right. I used to get together with the drummer in this band, and he and I would sit in the drummer's office with our friend Lenny Green. And uh, Lenny would play guitar for us, and we would sing Everly Brothers' songs.
0: So we all like to sing. You could probably be singing right now in in your car. You're not a childhood star by any means. Well, John Gomo is just like us. He loved to sing, but he never thought of it as a profession.
1: It took me a while to get up the courage to go up on stage and sing. But they, they dragged me kicking and screaming. So you weren't a child
2: star then. No, no. You you weren't. Many of these performers grew up on stage. Mm-hmm. You were a young man who loved to sing, but never thought of yourself as being on stage. And not so, ever,
1: not ever. Until you yeah. found
2: out how good yeah. you sounded and how good the harmony was. I was
1: 24 years old before I went in the recording mm. studio, and a lot of these dudes that had hits back then were already, you know, they were like, uh, they were 18, sure. 17, 18 years sure. old, having hit records. I was, you know. 24 when i went in the studio so i was a late bloomer
0: can you imagine writing this song and you have no idea how to play an instrument yeah that's john gummo
2: but you love the music and what instrument were you personally playing
1: at the time i didn't know how to play an instrument (laughs) and I, i have to say i have been blessed with an intuitive uh sense of chord structure and chords and harmony and and so they after i sang on stage with them for a while they said to me why don't you learn to play something and kind of like become part of the band? I use the keyboard to write with. It's my, my tool of choice for, for composing. However, I'm not really good enough keyboard perform for, to perform on stage.
0: I remember when Ed Bradley interviewed Bob Dylan. He said to him, how would you write Blowing in the Wind? How did you write all these amazing songs? Bob Dylan said, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You wrote some of the greatest songs ever written. He goes, I don't know. They just came through me. That's what Bob Dylan said. They just came through me from up above. That's what happened in this song to a guy who doesn't play an instrument, who didn't grow up making music, singing music. He's 24 years old, but here's the secret. He's number one out on the ocean, which is moving water. And on top of that, it starts to rain. It's like someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, buddy, I got a song for you. You're
2: on board the Jason, the AR-8. Yes. You're out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's raining, Mm -hmm. and and the ship is tossing. Right. And the waves are coming over the side of the ship, and and you're thinking to yourself, "Boy, I can't wait to get home." Or no, you're thinking of
1: something about the rhythm. Yeah.
2: You're feeling the rhythm, the pulse.
1: That's where it started. I was standing amid watch up on the on the uh, the deck, uh, the top deck of the ship, and. I had this idea in my mind. Well, first of all, my friend Lenny Green, who is a a very good composer, he would play me some of his stuff. And I used to say, I used to think to myself, I think I can do that.
0: Yeah. I went to see the David and I looked at this sculpture that millions and millions of people have seen. I'm the only Schmendrick who looks at the David made by Michelangelo and says to himself, I think I can do that. Yeah, yours truly. Now I go to Italy, get the marble blocks that Michelangelo used, and I try to do exactly what he did, which is insane. But why not? Why not? My mother used to say, Robbie, say yes to everything in life. Don't worry. The world will tell you no enough. Say yes to everything. Why not? Why not me? That's what you need to say to yourself. That's what John Gummo is teaching us. I don't play an instrument. I've never written a song. And I'm out here in the middle of the ocean and it's raining. Somebody's talking to me. I'm going to make it into a song.
1: And I, it, it just never occurred to me how I would even start. <laughs> but uh, I started with the title first and the concept. And I wrote the lyrics first. And this whole thing all unfolded over a period of months. And uh, I finally um, was able to uh, sit down at a uh, piano keyboard and start uh, pecking out melody and all that. And, uh, and we eventually put this song down as a demo on tape. Wow. When you're creating the song, though, you're out in the middle of, of the Pacific Ocean. Oh so yeah. Well, what that, did you do to record what you're thinking? How did you? How did you? I just had it written. I, you know, I just had the lyrics and the idea and the concept written down on paper because I had no, I hadn't really sat down at the keyboard and I had a melody in my head. The melody was there, and I there was no way I could get it out of my head. So because, did you do this
2: when you got to Japan, or did you wait till you came all the way back to the States?
1: Uh, It seems to me I did most of it after I got back to the States.
0: Oh, my God.
1: You didn't know that
2: the second record was going to have the impact that it did. I had no idea. had no idea. And you didn't know. So the second record was Rhythm of the Rain. Did you expect it was going to have any type of impact that it had?
1: No. No. I I mean, I didn't (laughs) know. I just was, you know, I, I knew that we had done all the right things and I knew I was with the right people. And everything that was that should be was in place. I had a great arranger. We recorded the song with the wrecking crew.
0: He's so beautifully honest, isn't he? So self-deprecating. John Gummo, you wrote one of the greatest songs ever written. It's just beautiful to hear a man so humble speak.
2: So when you walked into the studio, tell me what it was like for a young man coming in to record, and now you know you're going into one of the best recording studios in the country if not the world and just little old me is going to get to record with my group the song that i created how are you feeling?
1: i was excited i and i think i was uh <clears throat> there was something about the vibe there with these these people i were i was with i mean i was with a producer who'd already had hit records i was you know i had a group that had a very current sound for the for the era uh I was like very excited.
0: Yeah, who's on guitar? Two of the greatest guitar players of all time. Carol Kay on the bass and Glenn Campbell. Yeah, that Glenn Campbell. And Hal Blaine on the drums. Probably the greatest drummer ever. That's who's at Gold Star with this little song he dreams up on the deck of a battleship. Oh so, yeah. yeah a lot the of rhythm people. of
1: the Rain hit the charts in January of sixty three at number eighty with a bullet and just kept, you know, uh jumping. Like twenty point increments all the way up to the top five. So it was that that probably was more exciting. How was it
2: put together? How was it assembled? Because we know it begins with that clap of thunder in the
1: rain. Well that was Barry DeVorzon's idea. He was the producer of the record, and uh, Barry was the one who came up with that footage or the uh, the sound bite for, for the thunder.
0: Just the name of the song alone, the rhythm of the rain. You're saying that R word twice. It's just like Riders of the Storm. You're saying the R word twice. It catches your ear just in the title alone. But that's not enough. These are two songs that incorporate the actual sound of the rain. And that also really hooks your ear. Coming up next, I'm going to play a song and analyze a song that has the same features of the moving water as a personality. But they're not using the rain. And we'll get into some Clapper vision. I definitely want to talk about young people like Andy Murray. Why would his hip fall apart enough that he needed an implant in his hip? But he's playing in the U.S. Open. We'll get into it. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.